do some stuff and maybe do some smoke signals over some over some mountains or something. But you just have to go enterprise and exactly. come up with something and give up some of your favorite kids in order to make something like this work. I guarantee Allbirds wasn't on just Shopify before this. They had to let some things go in order to make this work. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. How would you feel if you walked into a store and the product you wanted wasn't available? What could you do as a customer service rep if you had this customer at your store? The sales rep in you might be tempted to swipe the credit card, but if you cannot deliver on your promises, this transaction may fire back in ways you wouldn't expect. This is where the newer e-commerce architecture allows you to explore scenarios such as buy online, pick up at store, or buy in-store, ship to customer, but these architectural patterns are easier said than done. They require deeply capable platforms such as Shopify, but most importantly, it requires an architecture that can support the demanding needs of such transactions. So what are innovative brands doing to implement this architecture? In today's episode, we invited a panel of cross-functional experts for a live interview on LinkedIn who brings significant expertise to discuss a Shopify case study. We discussed their challenges and drivers for choosing Shopify as their platform and if it would be the right decision for them. Finally, we discussed the nuances associated with the omnichannel and multi-channel architecture and why pre-integrated POS with the e-commerce platform is critical for the omnichannel experience. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. If you are joining for the first time, this is part of our e-commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. And for today, we are going to have a little change in the format. Uh, typically, we used to pick a topic and then we used to have a panel. But from today onwards, we are going to be providing critical commentary, analysis, the vendor reviews, the solution reviews of different tools and the solutions as we have in the e-commerce space. So we are going to have a lot of fun with that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intro. I am going to start with my intro. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta. I am principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. And e-commerce is the heart of everything that we do. That's why it is super important for us. Uh, at Elevate IQ, we help our clients with ERP selection, contract negotiation, enterprise architecture, system architecture, ERP implementation training. On that note, I am going to move to Dave for his intro. Hey, everybody. I am Dave Meyer, the president and founder of BusyWeb, which is a growth marketing agency focusing on generating leads and traffic for the manufacturing industry and B2B services, as well as taking that traffic and those leads and helping people close them through automated response, through results, through CRM, and all of the good things that go into nurturing leads and sales enablement. Been doing this for 23 years. We're based out of Minneapolis, and I couldn't be more delighted to be with you guys. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much, Dave, for being here. Robert, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? Certainly. I'm Robert Brown. I am the principal of Robert Brown E-Commerce Consulting. I have been doing B2C e-commerce consulting for 20 plus years. Uh, my focus is the customer experience, um, but not the 
soft end of it. It's really database looking at the people, um, process, product, and technology that supports it to ensure that the way you deal with your customer actually adds to your bottom line. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Robert. And uh, before we start with today's topic, which is going to be a case study that we are going to be discussing related to Shopify, that is, you know, one of the most popular platform, as we know, in the e-commerce space, especially for SMBs. And we are going to see how this company is utilizing that. If you plan to utilize similar architecture, the kind of challenges that you can expect and how you should be going about the implementation. Before we do that, if you are in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys post your questions and commentary. Our panelists are going to be looking at those and we will be covering all of those during the show. We'll try our best. If we cannot get to them, we'll make sure that you get your answers after the show. On that note, I am going to start with the case study. And this is the company, Allbirds is the brand. And I don't know, Robert and, and Dave, if you guys are familiar with the brand, they are in slightly more B2C space. The product is the, the, the shoe brand that they have. So for them, when they look at Shopify, and by the way, this, is, this brand is going to be sold in these stores as well. And that's where the challenge is going to be. If you are a B2C brand, if you are trying to go for e-commerce, you are going to have very specific challenges. The B2B brands have different challenges. When we look at Shopify, Shopify is typically positioned for the B2C brands. There are some B2B companies that use that. But for the most part, Shopify is the platform, the way the information architecture is of the, the Shopify tool. It goes really well with your B2C brands. So here in this particular case, uh, you know, they have done really well overall in implementing. And we are going to look at the specific nuance of, you know, how they have structured their site. We are going to review the guided navigation, the way they have implemented, what you can expect from Shopify perspective, what, what you can get from Shopify, what are the good things, what are the bad things. We are going to be reviewing all of that. So here in this particular case, their goal was to implement the omni-channel conversion. And if you guys are not familiar with the omni-channel term, there are two terms, by the way, omni-channel and multi-channel. Omni-channel is going to be the experience that you are looking for when you are going from one channel to the next and your transaction is actually going to go from your one channel to the next. The example of the omni-channel is going to be that you are, let's say, buying uh, at the store, but you are expecting that to be picked up later on. So your fulfillment process is going to be taken over by either your e-commerce, ERP, whatever. So that would be sort of the transactional uh, overlap that you are looking at across the channels. That's where the omni-channel experience is going to be handy. Multi-channel is really, when you have multiple channels, they don't really have that transactional overlap overall from the customer experience perspective. And most B2C brand, they would like to have the omni-channel experience overall. Uh, obviously, it's very, very hard to execute uh, based on the implementations that we have seen. It, it's a real challenge to implement omni-channel architecture. But the brands that are really growing, they have deep money uh, for their IT infrastructure. Obviously, they are the only ones uh, who can afford in this particular case. This is a decent-sized company. So their main goal was to implement buy in store and ship to customer. Again, guys, when you look at the scenarios such as Bopes, buy in store, ship to customer, these are a very complicated scenarios and they require very sophisticated architecture from the IT perspective to be able to execute that. Uh, in this particular case, as you can see, the industry is the fashion and apparel. That's a very sweet spot for Shopify. That's where Shopify is a, a great fit. Uh, if you are talking about industrial manufacturing, I'm not too sure. Industrial distribution, I am not too sure. So here, basically, the industry that I was talking about, if you are looking for the sweet spot for Shopify, fashion and apparel is going to be a great fit in general. So if you are in the fashion or apparel industry, you should definitely be looking at Shopify. If your goal is to move to one of the SaaS uh, you know, platforms for e-commerce. Uh, here, the advantage that you have with Shopify is that you are also going to get the POS as part of your Shopify. And let's say if you are going for some other POS vendor, for example, NCR, then you have to figure out how 
these two things are going to be integrated and that integration is extremely, extremely challenging. So let's say if you are going with Shopify, you can reduce your integration complexity by utilizing uh, Shopify POS. So you have the Shopify POS uh, as well as the Shopify e-commerce. At least those two could reside in the same platform. The only integration that you have to worry about is going to be how can I connect my Shopify to ERP unless you have many other tools in your toolbox uh, that you are trying to integrate. So that's the use case. So I'm going to pause for a second. Do you guys have any comment? Yeah, I, I agree that you know there there is a huge difference between being multi-channel and omni-channel. There are many multi-channel tools out there like Seller Cloud and Channel Advisor, which will allow you to distribute to you know whichever platform you want to, but it doesn't give you that om clean omni-channel integration. And that's really what we're talking about here is we want to make sure that the customer has the ability to move to a different channel and you can continue that conversation uninterrupted. And Shopify allows you to do that. I completely agree, Robert. There. And by the way, great point. And in most cases, let's say if you are going to be utilizing Shopify for your omni-channel experience and you are also shopping through Amazon, you are probably also going to require something like Seller Cloud, as you mentioned. Um, you know, that the tool that can integrate with multiple channels if you are selling on them. But those Amazon customers, again, you could have a little problem there overall with respect to omni-channel experience. Because let's say if the same customer comes to the store, goes to your uh, e-commerce, and then let's say they go to Amazon as well. So obviously, tying that experience is very difficult in general. Okay, so let's say if you are utilizing a separate tool for your Amazon channel, but you know, from the omni-channel perspective, as long as you can pull off your e-commerce and POS, in my mind, I think that's a great accomplishment. Uh, yep. It's very, very hard to actually create this for the other channels. But uh, any other comments, Dave? Uh, I, I think um, Robert's comment was was spot on in that it's important to keep the technology in mind as you're doing this in an omni-channel and, and multi-channel. The clear thing that, you know, I think as we look at this as a case study, it's it, this isn't something that you just do out of the box. You don't just go to Shopify.com and say, oh, yeah, I want an omni-channel experience. Let's make it happen. I'm going to click here, click there, and I'll be done in 10 minutes. Shopify in particular build, bids itself as a easy-to-use, easy-to-access e-commerce solution, and especially for the the space like Allbirds, you know, consumer products, um, clothing, they just own the market. And so they do that because they make it super easy. So I think it's important to put an asterisk on this, that, you know, this omni-channel experience that they built, they used some partners, they used some specialized tools to make that happen. Can you do it with Shopify? Yes. But you know, I, I do want to put a little pin in that and say, you're not going to just go to Shopify.com and 15 minutes later have an omni-channel experience. Exactly. Could not agree more. I think, you know, the architecture is far more important overall and a tool is going to be just piece of the architecture. That architecture is going to enable that experience. Um, you can have as many tools as you like. Unless you have that architecture, you are not going to get that experience. We have some more details overall about their business model. So this is a very well funded uh, startup. And here they are saying Allbirds is a true vertical retail darling that reached a reported billion dollar valuation. Guys, for e-commerce company, a billion dollar valuation is a big deal. Uh, and that's why, and if you look at the major brands, any of the, you know, Fortune 100, Fortune 1000 brands, they all are aiming for the Bopis experience because that's a real differentiator. If you look at the average SMB, it's very, very, very hard for them to enable the same Bopis experience, the same Amazon experience. So obviously, they get a lot of competitive edge. So if you have deep pockets, uh, obviously, that's going to be your goal to enable that experience. Now, as SMB, you can enable the same experience as well. But obviously, you need to figure out your architecture. You need to have at least decent appetite, as they pointed out, that you can't go to Shopify and, hey, <laughs> give me my omni-channel experience. That is something you are not going to get. So you need to plan for your IT. You need to plan for your architecture to be able to do this. But since they were, uh, you know, billion dollar in valuation, obviously their investors were must be pushing them that you need to be thinking differently. You need to do something different. Uh, and that's why they did this. And here, the products, as I mentioned, they are going after one of the most comfortable shoes. The product itself is going to be driving which platform is going to be the right fit 
typically for the e-commerce, the product itself, the product model, the product information model, how many different shapes and sizes it has. Typically, that is going to be a variable to decide which platform or the implementation is going to work for you. In this particular case, when you look at the fashion apparel, shoes, any of that sort, Shopify is a great fit. So make sure if you're looking at any sort of uh, you know platforms, you are looking at, okay, what is the product that am I selling? And what is my business model? Is my business model comparable to somebody who has implemented Shopify? That's where those fine lines are when it comes to the success of any of the e-commerce implementations. So here they are saying with uh, Shopify Pause, uh, which is your point of sale, it's trying to help, it's helping run its omni-channel business. And if you guys are not familiar with POS system, what is going to happen is these are going to be the systems that are going to be in the store. Now, if you have a small store, you are going to have just one terminal. But you have, if you have slightly larger store, then you are going to have multiple, multiple, uh, you know, terminals. Uh, now, when you think of the real omni-channel experience, how it works is what these consumers are going to do is they are going to look at their mobile, okay? They are going to ask for the price. They are going to go to the terminal, and then you go to the next terminal, then you are going to be checking out there. So you require the whole integration, meaning your inventory must be synchronized across the systems. Your pricing must be synchronized across the systems. Guys, it's very, very, very hard to pull that off. Unless you have that, you are not going to get the omni-channel experience. You are going to have pricing loopholes. Uh, Robert, do you have a comment? Yes, absolutely. So th that's an important point that you mentioned right there. Synchronized real-time, not batch process, not overnight, not 10 minutes later, real-time. Just one little caveat there, Robert, overall, as you know, you have deep background in IT as well. Anytime when you are going to be thinking about these real-time calls, obviously, they are very expensive from the system performance perspective. So you need to be thinking about the system capacity as well. That real-time is great. The real-time call does impact your customer experience because, let's say, in a transaction, you are making 20 real-time calls. Each of them takes 30 seconds to get in. Now you know how long it is going to take for the consumer to be able to get the details that they might be looking for. So that does impact a little customer experience there. From, from what I've seen with the Shopify POS and their inventory management, the speed is most consumers are not gonna see a, a degradation. It's, it may be a problem with the local store Wi-Fi setup, but you know if, if they've got uh, gigabyte routers, then they're probably not going to have a problem. Interesting. <clears throat> Interesting. Any other comments? Because they're, to, because they're going to have fat pipe from that store back to, you know, the cloud that, that Shopify is running that's going to go back down into their warehouse. And so the, the speed from, you know, the store to the cloud to the warehouse, you know, that, that's milliseconds as long as they've got a fat pipe running. Yeah, so but really the assumption is going to be that when you are retrieving the pricing, you are most likely getting it from the ERP and ERP is trying to combine 200 tables underneath and you know how long it takes basically to do all of that. And when you are going to be doing 300 calls uh, or 20 calls as part of the transaction. <laughs> See, and, and not knowing the architecture of how Allbirds, and this is, this is where your expertise comes into play. I don't know the architecture, the setup of the integration of their ERP and Shopify for that pricing module because it could reside in a temporary table that, that allows it to move a lot faster. Well, so Robert, if you are actually looking at the temporary table, you are not synchronized. Your assumption is going to be that your the pricing, the inventory is not synchronized. So if you are looking at the true omni-channel architecture, your ERP, your PaaS, your e-commerce, all three need to be synchronized with respect to inventory because ERP is going to get the pricing request from many different channels and ERP is trying to serve all of that. So when you are going to making, be making the real-time calls, it is the assumption is going to be that your real-time call is happening inside the ERP system as well. If you use file that's already disconnected, it's not a real-time. No, no, I, I wasn't. So again, this, this goes to the architecture and we don't have an architectural layout to, to, to discuss that. You could have the pricing in a temp table because the pricing is not going to change, right? So the, the pricing is going to be, you know, usually at least 24 hours, right? It's not going to be dynamic over the day. So it's only the inventory numbers 
and that's probably going to be handled with safety stock. Okay, amazing guys. Uh, any other comments, Dave or Robert, or I'm going to move to the next point. The the thing to bring up here on on this page of the case study is yeah, it, it this is this is done by a company as you mentioned, Sam. It's a multi billion dollar company. They've got yeah. some juice that they can throw behind this. They weren't playing around when it came to not dealing with latency and lag. You know, not only did they have a pause from Shopify on on staff or right in the middle of that page, 18, up to 18 per store. So you dang right they had a pipe going there. They weren't they weren't taking any prisoners when it came to we're going to make sure that this interaction is completely seamless for our customers. They can walk in. It's going to pull off a of Shopify using our POS. And they're going to be able to walk out with those shoes because it's all syncing seamlessly. That only happens if you're willing to really invest <laughs> and make sure that the pipe is good, that the technology is seamless and that it's working and that you're willing to invest in the system to make sure that it's seamless. Exactly. And I think that's a great point because here we have the 20 stores. And by the way, one more critical point here, which is saying globally. And mm -hmm. when you are doing globally, what it means is, you have to go through different payment gateways and each of the country is going to have its own challenges. So you are actually trying to synchronize it in, I don't know how many countries they were present in. They are saying 20 stores globally. It could mean five countries. It could mean two countries. It could mean 20 countries. The more countries you have, the more complex your architecture is going to be. Uh, the more variables you are going to have overall in terms of the experience as well as in the architecture. So mm -hmm. here they are saying increased conversions using buy in store ship to consumer technology that was their overarching goal and we all know now we are discussing the nuances of the architecture and that's where the play is unless you have that architecture clarified it's going to be very 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 hard to pull off buy in store ship to uh, customer technology experience and if you don't actually align your architecture you are going to get very many financial and operational loopholes and sometimes they, they fire back. It's not just the customer experience. It's also the financial loophole that you are going to leave in the architecture if you don't have that verified. Here, they are saying smarter inventory management, allowing it to keep less stock in store, requiring less retail space to operate. Now, this is a key point, guys. Okay. So here, now, what used to happen before this when they didn't have this is the customer is going to walk in, in the store. And obviously, everybody has their own preferences in terms of what they buy. So you have to overstock because let's say most of the size that consumers are going to buy in terms of shoe is probably going to be nine or 10. Now, you have to carry some of the seven and eight as well. Now, you are going to be forecasting your demand that in the month of May, typically I sell, I don't know, maybe 10 uh, shoe of 10 size, uh, something like that, right? So you are going to forecast your demand. Uh, but then a customer is going to come and let's say you have three pieces of seven. Fourth customer walks in and if they cannot find the size, obviously they are not going to buy. But with this architecture, as well as with the feature that you have buy in store and ship to customer technology, now you don't have to overstock anything. Okay, you can literally have a store where there is zero inventory. The only thing you have is just the sample pieces mark, the way Apple stores work or Microsoft uh, stores work where you are simply giving the product experience and as soon as the customer is, is willing to buy you are going to swipe the credit card and that's it you are done your responsibility is done you are going to be shipping it afterwards so two advantages in the architecture number one you don't have to invest in the inventory you don't have to invest as much energy with your merchandising with your store planning and that is a very complex job in general that requires a lot of dollars overall for the retail companies. So this is huge. And by the way, you are also saving in real estate. Can you believe that? Okay, if your store is going to be in New York, you know how much that costs. <laughs> so again, you know, huge cost savings. Yes, the IT architecture is going to be expensive. It's going to be complex. It's going to be risky. But think of the amount of savings that you are going to have and the kind of customer experience that you can provide to your consumers because they are never going to leave disappointed when they walk in, in the store. The use of up to 18 Shopify pass system, I think Dave, you already mentioned that point, and each store at once to check out customers fast. Though two stood out uh, here, they are saying the company's retail presence began to take off. Yeah, this was the challenge that they are trying to talk about in this case study. The, the pass system was the, the biggest challenge for them. 
And here uh, they are saying later that same year, all birds uh, begin testing the waters at an in-store experience with a retail pop-up in San Francisco. And guys, if you're not familiar with the pop-up concept, uh, a lot of brands are really testing the product experience, utilizing the pop-up store, pop stores. And now if you can have uh, the, uh, the buy-in store, ship to customer technology feature as part of your pop-up store, that's a big deal. That's really a big deal, guys, because you are literally accepting order with just a pop-up store that you can put it anywhere, <laughs> wherever you like. All Bird's retail efforts were powered by Shopify Pause. Uh, Shopify Pause word was behind uh, all 11 of All Bird's US locations. So now they have clarified here that 11 of uh, 20 were actually in the US. Most of its 10 glo global stores uh, from London to Auckland, and there is another city, I guess, there. But seems like they were present in at least you know a couple of countries. Uh, that's what I can gather from here. Any comments, guys? I can take or move to the next one. I think I'm, I'm guessing that two of the big things that, or one of the two things that they're dealing with as a challenge from this is that you know managing the customer expectation. If I'm going to an Albert store, my feet are a little bit tender. I need to have some comfy dang shoes. I want to walk out with some shoes. So you know, managing that expectation, whether it's a pop-up or whether it's another kind of store, you've got to manage that. So if somebody's going to check out your store, they go to, you know, Google Maps and they're looking for shoes near me, they drive out there, they visit the store, they're like, oh, dude, these are awesome. I, I, I can't wait. I've heard a lot about Allbirds. And then you go and you're like, okay, well, your your shoes will be with you in, in four to eight days. And by the way, Dave Meyer, you have size 15 shoes. Uh, we don't have anything on hand for you to even try or look at. So, and as a matter of fact, we're probably going to go go have to go back and order more material to get your dang big clod clod shoes out there. It's going to take a while, so you need to make sure that you're setting this up. And I know that th that we're really talking about pause and how the technology works, but you really do have to manage expectations and make sure that your marketing is readying people for the experience. So when they visit, if they click, having a video on your Google Maps profile that says. You're going to get measured. You're going to get a view. You're going to get to handle some of our products. And then we're going to ship your shoes to your door, right? So you need to be very clear on that. Could not agree more. Thank you so much, Dave, for that. Any other comments I can take or I can move to the next slide? All right, guys. So here we are still talking about some of the challenge. So some of the other challenges that they had is a system that was nimble enough to handle, uh, you know, the its peak retail foot traffic. And typically, the, in general, if you're looking at NCR pause, versus, you know, Shopify pause, uh, it's going to feel a little leaner overall in terms of the, obviously you are not going to have all the bells and whistles that you are going to have, let's say in the NCR, but at least when you are looking for that omni-channel experience, uh, it's going to be really hard to pull that off when you are going to work with a dedicated pause vendor who does not really have an e-commerce uh, presence or e-commerce integration with your POS. So yeah, so that's a huge plus uh, overall for Shopify here. Uh, all words, retail stores are not quite uh, market stalls, but they aren't exactly JCPenney's either. Uh, so that's a real differentiator there. If they were JCPenney's, the experience and the architectural requirements are going to be very different because inside JCPenney, you are going to have very many terminals and they all serve different purpose. The transaction could range from one terminal to the next. Uh, in this particular case, my assumption is going to be that they are probably going to have a couple of terminal and they are simply going to walk to a cashier and they are probably not going to have customer service. So yeah, overall, the transactional complexity is not going to be as much as you are going to see in other brands with other brands such as Macy's or JCPenney's. Here they are saying the brand can see thousands of customers each day. But again, if you actually look at the overall volume, I don't think thousand is as much as some of the other brands are going to face and that transaction volume also matters when you are designing the experience and uh, you know uh, how much inventory you need to stock and what you need to do so you need to plan for that and the system capacity need to be planned based on the traffic uh, you are getting at your store as well so here Allbirds actually needed a pure system that could be multiplied more than a dozen times and when they say multiplied what it means is it you are literally cloning the system and you are basically have the centralized architecture that can be accessed from multiple devices. So here we are looking at web experience, we are looking at mobile experience, and then pause installed at many different locations, and they all are talking to each other. Guys, that's a big deal, okay? That's really, really a big deal. 
it's very hard to implement that architecture unless you go for something like Shopify, which has all of these things connected. So that's what they were looking for. And they got that in the form of Shopify. Other SaaS brands that are going to be equally big, they are probably going to have this as well. But, you know, if you are trying to create your own website, good luck with the omnichannel architecture. <laughs> it's going to be a little fun. <laughs> and then uh, they are saying move around the store with its associates and process transactions wherever the customers are were. So exactly. So when customers are moving around, they are accessing the transactions on many different devices. And that's where the challenge is. Here, the goal was improve omnichannel capabilities. They got omnichannel capabilities because of this architecture and then help convert in-person customers when their uh, desired products were not available. That's the biggest plus in terms of the uh, overall, in terms of the inventory, the retail space, and the customer experience. So three humongous benefits in my mind. Allbirds knew it could never rely on a traditional retail setup. I completely agree. When you are looking for the apparel brands, you are not a traditional shop because the way consumers shop Apparel is very different from how I am going to walk into a Home Depot and I'm simply looking for a tool. That's a very different shopping experience than when you are trying to buy a shirt for yourself. Uh, and probably I'm not going to be as picky as my wife uh, <laughs> in terms of how uh, you know they shop, but you can uh, visualize how the experience is going to be overall. Go ahead. Sorry, Robert. Uh, you have a comment? Yeah, no, no, and especially if you think about what shoe shopping used to be like. So you would sit down, the associate would come over to you, they would measure your foot, then they would go to the back of the store and disappear for 20 minutes trying to find the the model and the size that you were looking for. And then they'd come back with four or five different models for you as well. And so they would burn a half an hour to 45 minutes to sell one pair of shoes. Not very efficient. Yep, I agree. Completely agree. Any other comments, guys? Okay. If not, I can move to the next slide. Okay, so here we are continuing with the, the case study here. They are saying when customers uh, requested a product, a store didn't have in stock. And in my mind, that's the biggest advantage of this feature uh, when you are buying in the store and you are getting it shipped later. That's where the real differentiation is overall, how low inventory overall is going to be. Uh, you are not going to be locking your cash with that. You are going to be saving the retail space and then you are enhancing uh, the customer uh, experience. So a, a store associate could use a path system to email the customer an online shopping cart link to use later to check out on their own. Can you believe this, guys? That's where the real big, uh, that's, a, that's a real deal. Because you are initiating your email from your POS system. You are clicking on a link that takes you to the e-commerce portal. No, I think what they're saying is they didn't want to do that. It created an undesirable option because they may not complete the transaction. So instead, Allbird uses its POS to enable in-store shopping and ship to the customer later. They thought about that option. They thought about, oh, let's just email them the link and let them right. check out later. And they yeah. said, no, that's a really awful experience. We're basically punting the customer out of the store and saying, we don't have it go finish it on your own. Instead, the associate's there right now. Hey, let's finish this for you right now, Mr. Jones. And they finish it and they pay right then and there and it's shipped to the customer. Complete the transaction. You are so right. And I can see so many different problems there. And Dave, you are going to be so excited about this one because when you are going to send the link, nobody's going to click on it. Right. Oh. Yep. Even if it's completely seamless. I mean, having it there and being able to do that, that is a big benefit of having an omni-channel experience like this. So you know, that that's their score. I, I like that they even gave gave the nod to the size 14 shoes there. Um, so so that's that's pretty fun that they could build it out. But the entire goal of e-commerce is to complete the transaction. Right. So I think that's our big that's their big benefit here. Anything that you can do, as long as you're already there in physical space. Yep. Having someone complete that transaction I mean, think about how Apple stores work. Right. Yes. Same thing. You're going in, they're scanning their device, they're signing in on you. You don't have to go all over the place. And like it says later on in, in the write-up here, you know, you don't have to go into a line or like Robert was saying, you don't have to wait for somebody to go into the back of the store. That person or the, the team knows where that product is, if it's there or not. And if it's not, they know to ship it. And you can just have that conversation inside of a few seconds when you're meeting with a real human being who's smiling at you. How cool is that? It is very cool. 
and could not agree more. Thank you so much, Dave, for that. So now here they are mentioning a couple of more things. Allbirds used to use its Shopify pause to enable buy in store ship to customer technology experience. They are calling it as endless aisle. I think that's a big deal overall, the way they are defining it. And that's how it should be defined. It really is endless aisle. If a customer arrived at one of its locations uh, seeking an uncommon product, and Dave, you mentioned that. So it seems like they can serve Dave Meyer, which is a big deal uh, now. And uh, Allbirds Associate could process the transaction right there on the store floor, taking payment and communicating with its warehouse to ship the shoes directly to the shopper. Again, that's a big deal overall uh, from the transaction flow perspective, from the customer experience perspective. If that customer had previously shopped with Allbirds, now guys, this is where your loyalty is going to be in play. So either online or in a store, the company would have shipping and billing information accessible from all its channels. Now, if your pause and e-commerce and mobile are not going to be connected, you are going to have a little challenge there, okay? That your customers are actually coming to the store, but you don't really understand who actually shopped and you don't really have that history. So you can only do this when your pause and e-commerce uh, and the mobile experience are going to be connected as part of one system. Otherwise, you are going to have challenges there. Then they are saying speed up the transaction and improving customer experience and much more. Buy-in store ship to customer was also proving its medal over using emailed shopping cart links. And Robert, you are absolutely right there. So they are calling this solution as emailed uh, shopping cart links, which is a very fancy term in my opinion. <laughs> that allows for a much higher conversion than if we tell them uh, to go back to their home and order it when they get back. So yeah, so I can see why the conversion rate is going to be higher. So if your conversion rate is low, obviously you have probably had this problem uh, that you need to fix it. Yeah, I can take some more comments. Otherwise, I can move to the next one. Now, here they are continuing uh, overall with the, the case study here. They are saying we now have a measurement of the number of customers that are coming in to buy something we didn't carry in the store that we otherwise wouldn't have data on. Uh, that's a very, very, very important data uh, because now you have that. You just didn't have that before. Some customers, they might use some sort of beacon in the store. That's how they would track, okay, how many people actually walked in, in the store and what is your purchase, but still, you are not going to get the finer detail when Dave Meyer is looking for size 15. Did Dave Meyer get that? And that is the insight that you are going to get from this. When certain products weren't available in store, and guys, again, that's a very important data because that is going to be helpful for your merchandising planning. Okay, which size you are selling and for your demand forecasting, because if you don't have that data, it's really hard to plan for the supply chain people and for the planner. So again, that, that data is going to help you as well. It could keep its retail locations intimate and not require sprawling spaces, uh, merely so that it could store a container of full of goods on site. Uh, it added up uh, to a true omni-channel output. And I agree. I think this is where the omni-channel experience is super handy. The omni-channel experience is supposed to be providing you the experience when you are going from across the channels uh, your pricing inventory that has to be completely synchronized and that's a real omni-channel experience here they are saying it could offer all its shoppers without the need for complex and expensive back-end systems well i would like to dig a little bit more in terms of the architecture uh you know as per robert's point uh you still would require the the back-end system if you are synchronizing the inventory from your back-end system but seems like, uh, you know, at least they are making the claim that it didn't require. And by the way, this is written by Shopify. So Shopify is going to say that you probably don't require. But in general, if you are looking for omni-channel experience, you probably would need uh, the backend uh, system to be integrated with your e-commerce. If we were to break apart our point of sale and e-commerce systems, we would have to create a patchwork. And that is right. Okay, so in this particular case, at least your POS and e-commerce are already integrated. And integration is a nightmare, guys. If I had a choice, I would never get into an integration project, okay? So if your e-commerce and PaaS, they are already integrated, that's a lifesaver. The only thing that you have to worry about is going to be how you can integrate your e-commerce with your ERP. Uh, again, that's going to be very challenging, but at least you have just one 
integration to worry about as opposed to having five. Yeah, and uh, obviously this is the Shopify Plus that they are using. And if you guys don't know, we verified that they are really on Shopify. So even though Shopify is claiming that they are on Shopify, at least in this case, we can verify that they are really on Shopify. The site is actually running on Shopify right now. I can take some comments or move to the next one. I, I like your comment, Sam, about how you, you need to focus on simplifying and standardizing as much as possible. Yeah. A lot of times what companies will try to do is just buy whatever system the the, the best looking salesperson um, had and, and provided and whoever wooed them first. Right. And then they always try to make everything else form fit. You deal with this in ERP all the time where you're dealing yeah. with solutions, partner or programs, things, e-commerce solutions. You know, what, what would happen if uh, a website or if a, a, a business was on WordPress and was trying to do WooCommerce? <laughs> there's not a POS system for that. There's there's nothing that you can do to integrate that. And sure, you could do all kinds of ways to translate that back and kick out a ESV file and to do some stuff and maybe do some smoke signals over some over some mountains or something. But you know, there's you just have to go enterprise and exactly. come up with something and give up some of your favorite kids in order to make something like this work. I guarantee Allbirds wasn't on just Shopify before this, they had to let some things go in order to make this work for them. So my, my, the visual that I had when you're talking about smoke signals is Lord of the Rings, Return of the King and the fires on top of the mountains, a thousand miles across to get the, the you know, Rohan come over to help them. But um, <laughs> to be clear for, for anybody who's listening, most likely, because we haven't talked about it, Allbirds is on Shopify plus, which is specifically designed yep. for enterprise level work. And the uh, Shopify Plus does natively integrate with NetSuite, yep. Automatic, uh, Infor, Bright Pearl, and Microsoft straight on their website. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they are prepared for this. Yeah. The only comment I would have there is because, because we deal this on a daily basis. So when they say native integration, you still need to look at the degree of integration. Native integration could mean that I am exchanging one field uh, <laughs> versus the, the full-blown integration. So pay attention to the fine lines. Um, you know, sometimes sales pitch, we know how these sales pitches are. Oh, you mean I can't stick my fire wire straight into the box and make it work? <laughs> or do you know that? <laughs> Which leads to why you need a trusted partner, right? You need someone to help you decode the asterisks on inside of that. Shopify lists all kinds of things that it'll integrate with in Shopify Plus. But I guarantee there's some gotchas in every one of those technologies and in the way it works. Having somebody you can trust and that can help you decode that Yep. You're about to make a multi tens of thousand dollar investment, probably hundreds or maybe even millions of dollars. If you don't spend the 70, 80, 100 grand to set yourself up well for this massive investment, you're going to just snowball downhill. And all of a sudden that 20 grand that you saved by doing it yourself or by Googling around a little yep. bit is going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in redoing or trying to make two things that aren't built together work together. Yeah, so uh, I agree 100%. So it's you you have to have the um, resources available available because your team is doing their normal day-to-day -day job. They don't have the time to split their day-to-day -day job and do system implementation. So you need trusted partners to help do the planning, the implementation and the testing because there's there's always some something that's missed, something you get wrong before you roll out, because at the end of the day, what Allbirds is trying to achieve here is a seamless customer experience. And if they rolled out to a store and it, it failed, the, the, the customer experience could be very damaging. Yeah, could not agree more, guys. So some more slides, and then we are going to open up for the open discussion, and we are going to have a little fun there overall with respect to agreement and disagreement that we covered as part of the session. So here, some more slides overall. When you look at the e-commerce experience, all most of the Shopify sites are probably going to appear similar, okay? And that's okay, okay? You don't have to be different. When you are trying to be different, sure, from the design perspective, you could be very different. But if you cannot pull off those global transactions, that omni-channel experience, the design, the pretty pictures, they are not going to help you, okay? So that's why when we look at uh, you know, platforms like Shopify, when you are going to be enabling 
this functionality for these many countries. When you look at these payment gateways, that's where the real trick is, to be honest. That's where you are going to avoid a lot of operational and financial loopholes. Uh, even though your site may not be as pretty as you would like, uh, at least you are not going to have any sort of financial uh, loopholes and you are going to have much superior customer experience by going for something like Shopify and then you can scale very easily uh, on that as well because today you might be in seven countries tomorrow you might be rolling out to 27 countries so today you might design a system that might work for seven countries but 27 countries is a very different deal <laughs> okay so so pay attention to all of the fine lines how you are uh, gonna grow uh, overall from the guided navigation perspective uh, you know they have very clear guided navigation you have very uh, you know organized category and Dave I would love to hear your commentary on this one to be honest but it looks very elegant you are going to have men and women uh, just two and then you have new arrivals obviously you want people to pay attention to that because that's what you are selling at much higher price and that's what most likely customers are looking for as well especially the people who look for new arrivals so you have that then you have the sustainability you don't have 50,000 menu items here <laughs> that you are going to see in a lot of e-commerce sites if you don't know how guided navigation works and then we have a little bit of stores and we then you are probably going to need as well so only six items it's very elegant very clean you have buttons for uh, shop men shop women very easy to access overall Dave, I would love to hear your commentary overall uh, in the guided navigation. How much would you score uh, this yeah. brand? Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, I think the the Albert site, of course, they've spent a lot of time and a lot of effort on A-B testing, I'm sure, right? So they're looking at this. They've got data. They've got numbers. And so, you know, this this it's no accident that it looks good and that it works well and that it's easy and seamless. The thing with just just like in the e-commerce experience, if you hand somebody a link that says, here, go home and good luck trying to order it versus handing them a keypad and saying, hey, swipe this and we'll make sure that it gets delivered to your door. Right. That same stuff needs to happen on the website. You need to guide people gently. And if you turn your website into Where's Waldo, where they have to hunt and peck and search all over the place in order to make that transaction, if the, if the Allbirds site is U.S. based and you're in Canada and you're trying to get there and you find out that you can't place orders until after you've gotten all the way through the checkout process, you're going to be upset, right? Or if you know that there's an Allbirds store in the U.K. and you're trying to search and you can't figure out how to make that happen, that's going to result in a lost transaction. So thinking about all of those permutations, all of the ways that your customers can experience the transaction and the options to buy from a business like this and b2c is super easy honestly i wish i did more b2c because it's see a need fill a need right i mean i i get to sell stuff right away in lead generation and b2b it's a lot more relationship building and a lot more proving of things right so it's easy it's tougher to test is what i'm getting at if you spend a lot of time making sure that you're decreasing the opportunities for people to get upset with you. If you're reducing every bit of friction you possibly can, all of that work will definitely pay off, certainly at the enterprise level. And that's the only asterisk I want to throw in here, Sam, because we're talking about all birds. This is a billion dollar organization. I know. We've got a few nickels to throw around. If you're listening from from the from the YouTube channel and you know you're a ten million dollar company you might not have the resources to pull something like this off and you need to be gentle with yourself and figure out what's going to be good enough. You know, so you can't expect a massive investment unless it's going to pay off. Right. So all businesses can improve and can seem and can streamline their processes and their payments. But you know, it's, it's it's a little bit it's it's kind of the case study land. It's like, well, all birds did this thing or Google did an amazing thing. It's like, yeah, Google's got a trillion dollars to throw around so they can do this. But having being being a little bit gentle and realistic and saying, OK, well, this is what I can do and making sure that you're at least doing something to keep moving forward and to keep reducing friction for your customer, which is what this is all about. Yeah, could not agree more. The only comment I am going to have there is, at least in this particular case, you have Shopify, and some of the companies are going to be shocked with the amount of investment that you have to make each year. But Robert will tell you, if you had to design 
this e-commerce experience and traditional IT, good luck with that. You will not be able to count how much you are going to require. I don't know, Robert, if you're going to have uh, any comment there. I would say that in general, businesses underestimate the amount of IT cost and involvement. UX has done a great job of making things look simple. Unfortunately, um, non-IT folks have a tendency of looking at that and going, oh, it must be really simple. I can just plug together these pages. Yeah, not so much. It's IT's job, a really good IT team's job to make it look simple. And, uh, you know, they, they have done a fantastic job here. One of the things I just want to raise here is um, we have talked about the, the architecture that's behind this. And there's one little piece that we haven't mentioned from an ERP perspective or the architecture. There's a little specialty piece because they are taking multi-currency and that's the treasury management because they are dealing in multi-currency. That's a very special piece right there. You know, dealing with those multi-currencies and being able to track that and they're probably hedging it, you know, being able to integrate with the treasury system. That is not an off the shelf thing that that requires when you're dealing with multi-currency, that's specialty people. And I have a background in that and I can tell you it. It takes money and time. That's why you just got to go crypto, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't see crypto on their payment options. By the way, guys, I see these demands all the time that we want to go crypto. But overall, from the IT architecture perspective, you have no idea how complex that is going to be. Okay, that's going to be another payment channel that you are introducing in the architecture. That's going to be another failure point for me. So I sweat a lot when people talk about, you know, crypto, when we talk about and multi-currency, by the way, that's a great point as well. Overall, in managing that, so when you are looking at Shopify, you are only looking at, okay, I am paying the yearly cost, but what you are not looking at the amount of firepower that you are getting, uh, whether you are looking for multi-currency, multi-entity, uh, global functionality, that's where you just don't realize how much e-commerce firepower you need to be able to enable what Allbirds is trying to do here. Especially, especially when it comes to you have what looks like a single site with multiple URLs. Typically, big companies will deal with a template and then populate that template with the different content. It looks like Allbird did not follow Canadian law and they don't have French site. So if you're in Quebec, it has to be French first. And I logged into the, the Canadian site and I was not offered the option of French or English. I was just given English. So I find that oh, interesting. Very interesting observation. And, and Dave, I don't know if you're going to have anything to add there. Overall, from the regulation perspective, I know that in the cannabis space, um, you have a lot of different regulations that you have to keep in mind. And those regulations are going to add the complexity overall with your e-commerce requirements. So Robert, thank you so much. And especially if you're going to be a company that is going to be in the US and you are trying to get to Quebec, you don't understand the law there. Most likely Shopify would have the inbuilt process. But in this case, you utilize Shopify, you simply have to probably utilize that feature. You just didn't know how to do that, I guess. Uh, or your consultant did not know how to do that. But at least you are not building it from the scratch. You know, if you have your own e-commerce site, good luck with that. You are not going to know where the law is. You are going to get a bill. <laughs> Violation of the law. Any other comments, guys? What is your uh, assessment overall? I think overall, what I, what I saw inside of this case study, Sam, is there, there's a lot of opportunities for businesses if they find the right partner, if they look at the right solution to dramatically improve the customer experience. Yep. And in doing so, they can save a lot of money on their retail storefronts or on their inventory management, for example, while improving the customer experience and therefore getting more sales. So it's a good idea, but as we identified and as we chatted through, and especially as Robert brought up, you know, there's a lot of gotchas in here. So if you're not willing to invest in this and be realistic in this, yes, it's going to save you money. Yes, it's going to make you more sales. Is it worth it? And are you going to be able to do it depending on how big you are and how much time you have? You really need to be realistic with this stuff. Yeah, I want to have this in in place by the end of next month. Not going to happen, right? But setting up a program and setting up some time, it can be something that's very worthwhile. And I think it's kind of eye-opening for people to think about, oh, Omnichannel can absolutely help me lubricate those friction points so that I'm closing more deals. 
but there's always some gotchas inside of it. And, you know, my comment, I, I agree 100% with what Dave said. My two cents would be most companies coming at this are on the growth phase. So they're starting from the small, getting to the medium. There's like, oh, you know, can we leapfrog? There's some things that you can do to leapfrog, some that you cannot. In this case, you cannot leapfrog. My suggestion would be is most companies in their growth phase um, start as single channel, move to multi-channel. Yep. So you get your first channel down right. You move that to the next one. You move that to the next one. Once you're at like three or four, then you can start talking about the omni-channel experience. But you absolutely cannot do the leapfrog from one to many. Just it, it just does not work because you typically don't have the internal experience. You don't have uh, the resources available and you don't understand the time and cost necessary to do it right. And the last thing you want to do is alienate your customers. Yeah, could not agree more. So I'm actually going to have a question for you guys and maybe you can answer that. So in terms of the strategy, so let's say if I'm a brand and I am trying to follow the same strategy and obviously I am probably going to have million different options when I am trying to enable the strategy. Do you agree with this strategy? Would you recommend other companies follow the same strategy as Allbirds as well? Or would you have something different, maybe BigCommerce or any other platforms? Or would you change anything in this? Dave, do you want to go first? I don't really know if I have the expertise to say one over the other on different okay. technologies. So I'd let Robert weigh in on that. What I would say is, is it worth considering? Yeah. And is it worth doing the research and finding a partner that can actually guide you? 100%. But you know, I, I'm not going to tell you if big commerce is better than Shopify at this because I don't know. Okay, interesting, Robert. So I am actually a Shopify and big commerce partner. And so they they are equal. Shopify just has a much better marketing department. So Shopify, uh, most of their functionality comes from plugins, which is fine. They getting on the pro plan or the, you know, Shopify plus is not cheap. So you, you need to be prepared for that. So it's really a matter of investment. So you can actually achieve both on both platforms. You, you really can. It's just a matter of do you have the right partner to help guide you? That's it. That's really it. Okay. Very interesting. Overall, from the business strategy perspective, would you change anything the way all words, uh, you know, approached? Dave, do you want to go first? I don't know if I'd change much on what they did. And kind of the, the fun part about this case study is that it presented it as a completed thing, right? So I'd want to know some more about how they tested it and how they rolled this out yeah. in order to see, you know, what, what were the hiccups. And I'm sure that there's a reason that they had up to 18 different POS yeah. um, terminals in these because I'm betting that they found out right away that, you know, the transaction cost, if you had... 15 people in the store, they all wanted to check out. You need to make sure that they can all get it, right? So there's nothing dumber than just sitting around waiting behind some person with a handheld display. It, people kind of get it when they're in a store, but nobody's going to queue up behind random people walking around the store. So that's probably why they did that. But as, as a exercise in finding a need and finding a creative way to meet it. I think it was brilliant. Okay, amazing. Uh, Robert, I can take some quick comment uh, and then we need to, we are close to our time now. <laughs> no, sure. Um, I can't say whether for another organization, whether I'd follow the strategy exactly. It really depends on their size, size, size and resources available, money available. Um, I like the strategy that Allbirds did. I, I think it's great, but I agree with Dave. You know, we're, we're seeing the finished product. I'd really like to see the in process so the but the 18 the 18 pos i will bet my sunday dinner that that was probably based on holiday shopping you know they, a lot of people out there buying and they were like you know we don't want them waiting around forever and ever and ever so let's make sure that we have an overabundance and and probably did some some time resource studies to determine maximum number of customers that they had in very busy locations and they could probably process them in a reasonable amount of time. All right, guys. So that's it for today. If you joined for the first time, this was part of our e-commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. From now on, we are going to have either a case study or we are going to be reviewing a vendor or the solution. So make sure you guys are not going to miss next week's show. We are going to be here. On that note, thanks again, everybody, for your time and insight. <coughs> Thanks, gentlemen. Have a great day. Thanks. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests. 
and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Dave Meyer, head over to busyweb.com. It's B-I-Z-Z-Y-W-E-B.com. If you want to learn more about Robert Brown, head over to rgbcommerce.com. It's R-G-B-E-C-O-M-M-E-R-C-E.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Jason Greenwood, who discusses the nuances of the click and collect process and why you need to centralize inventory and distribution strategy to enable this experience. Also, the interview with Phil Karper, who shares his insights into executing on DTC strategy. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.